Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. Inland Pacific Ballet is presenting its annual production of The Nutcracker December 11th through the 19th at the Fox Performing Arts Center in Riverside. On the line to tell us more is Zaylin Kano, ballet mistress and executive director for Inland Pacific Ballet. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. We're thrilled. If you would, start by telling us about your background as a dancer and how you came to be with IPB. Yes, actually, that's a fascinating kind of story at Full Circle. I was born and raised right here in the Inland Empire, went to high school at Awanda High School, and started dancing at a young age with Inland Pacific Ballet and was actually in their first Nutcracker production. And then fast forward, I got a scholarship with Ballet Rambert in London. And I went and trained and lived and danced in London and England, the UK, European area for about eight years doing classical and contemporary repertoire. After that, got a contract working for Holland America Cruise Lines as a company manager for their cast on board. And I met my husband, who is the musical director. And we decided to come back here where my family was and start a family. And we've been back here with the Inland Pacific Ballet and the Inland Empire region for about nine years now. I feel like your background is a little more diverse than a lot of ballet dancers who've only strictly studied ballet. How do you think that influences the way you teach and coach your dancers? Definitely. That definitely has a different movement vocabulary to it. I think now also a lot of really pure classical companies are starting to integrate other movement forms in their work. But I definitely have a rich modern and physical theater vocabulary. So the dancers, you know, sometimes move a little more extreme. Um, In our Nutcracker production, we've started to incorporate, in the battle scene particularly, more contemporary type movement with classical movement side by side each other, which is quite exciting and makes for dynamic partnering and energy on stage. Tell us about Inland Pacific Ballet, which is considered one of, if not the, premier ballet company in the Inland Empire. Yes, it is a kind of regionally based company. Um, We have dancers who grow up and train with the academy that's attached to the company. A lot of students also go and train with ballet companies all over the world. We have a couple right now with National Ballet of Canada, Boston Ballet. We've had dancers go to Royal Ballet in England, Houston Ballet, P&B, Pacific Northwest, San Francisco. So it's really quite remarkable that, you know, they start here, they go off and they have this training. And then some of them even come back and perform with us. So it's really fun because each Nutcracker season, we look forward to seeing some of our 
old students or dancers come back who've all originated from this area. And also each year, you know, the production incorporates a lot of students from the academy and from the community in the production. And they get the experience of dancing and learning right alongside professionals in the area. And do you use guest artists for your production of the Nutcracker or do you rely solely on local artists? It depends on the year. This particular year, we're relying solely on all of our dancers right here locally. And in some years, um, we have had guest artists come in from around the country to do some of the spotlight spots like Sugar Plum or the Cavalier or Drosselmeyer, some of those main title roles. And that's always fun, too, because the dancers get to meet and learn from them when they come on board with us. And for those who don't know, tell us the story of The Nutcracker, at least according to your production. According to our production. So our production has Clara. She sometimes goes by different names in other productions, but we use Clara. And the story starts, you know, it's such a family historic tradition. And I can I go on a tangent for a second with the story. It's really fun because in the lobby we'll have families come up and greet us who have their own kids who will say, you know, we first got introduced to this when we were kids or when our school got bussed in to see your school performance. Mm-hmm. And now we're sharing this story and tradition with our kids. So the story we've really stayed with over the years so this history can keep being passed down. But we start the show in the Stahlbaum family mansion. They're having a Christmas party. And kind of, you would say, the um, star of the town, Drosselmeyer, the toy maker, is one of the guests. And it's kind of like you never know what magic he's going to bring to the party. So in the party, he, of course, gives this wonderful church nutcracker to Clara. There's also toys that he brings that come to life and dance at the party. And then the story progresses from this party to Clara going to sleep and her coming down to find her nutcracker. And the nutcracker, of course, starts to create magic, which takes her on this journey through the transformation into where the nutcracker becomes life-size and greets her. And they move on to the battle between the soldiers and the nutcracker and the mice and the mouse king. And, of course, the Nutcracker wins the battle. And after the battle, he turns into a prince. And she has been escorted through the snow. And there's a magical snow moment on stage towards the end of Act One and a classic corps de ballet moment that culminates Act One as she is being led to Act Two and her journey in the land of the sweet. And then in the land of the sweet, she's kind of taken on this celebration around the world of different dance styles through Tchaikovsky's music. Why do you think Inland Pacific Ballet's version of the Nutcracker is unique? I think several unique qualities occur. I think the tradition of the kids who come through the academy from learning their roles year to year make it unique because there's this historical heritage that's very unique that gets passed down each generation. Also, we have... A spectacular set design and sets and a really long dragon that comes out at the top of Act 1 that's historic as well to the production. And I think this year we're even going to have fog again um, as we transition from the snow scene into the land of the sweet. If someone has only seen one ballet in their life, it's probably been the Nutcracker. Why do you think this has become such a beloved tradition and why is it so appealing to audiences? I think one thing as I ponder, you know, through the diversity of our craft 
is that I think Nutcracker is a relatable story that the whole family can understand and follow and not just someone who's necessarily had only classical training to understand. And it's a little shorter than some ballets that are full length. So the attention span for, say, a child to be able to go with their grandparent or parent or a brother or a sister or whatever their energy level is, they're able to stay engaged for the story and it's easy to follow. So I think that attracts many families to come. And then the families have such a good time. We get told time and time again with patrons who come that they bring friends who would usually drive really far into L.A. to go see the Nutcracker to see our production locally here. And they're always so surprised at what high-level dancing and scenery and artwork they see and that they're going to come back and see our production again. So I think that exposure and then it being such a festive time of year where usually families or individuals go back to traditions, it starts to become that staple tradition and has been, you know, inherited generation after generation. It's been over 100 years since this ballet was first performed. What are some ways that choreographers and artistic directors and ballet mistresses and masters are aiming to keep this ballet relevant to contemporary audiences? That's a very good question. And I think that's actually one, you know, that at least our board, especially this year, has given a lot of thought to and even like try to form interest groups on how to make it even more relatable. And we might not necessarily have all those answers now. But I think for the dancers, you know, the professionals who've done it, we kind of always tweak the choreography to make it engaging for them and to push them to feel challenged and artistically free to make new choices. And I think for the kids, like when earlier in the call when we were talking about incorporating more in diverse movement, I think kind of speaking to their generation to keep it fresh through their movement vocabulary. So for instance, we brought on some dancers this year who aren't necessarily traditional ballet dancers, but they have a parkour or ninja background Mm. or even Cirque that then engages the kids with, you know, they see on these reality shows, these type of movement things being done in tricks, and then they get taught or those elements get added into the show. So I think it's a continual evolution also based on just what movement's going on, you know, in different genres too in the time period. Tell us about the preparation that goes into a production like this. How long have your dancers been rehearsing? So this is a a unique year because, you know, we're all coming back to stage this year, which is we are thrilled to be doing last year. You know, we did a filming on green screen with very small pod groups and put together a movie version at a drive-in. And so this year we're thrilled that we get to get back into the theater. But um, auditions actually took place for the company dancers in June. And they got brought on contract to start training, not necessarily for the Nutcracker, but in August. And then in August, we auditioned for all of the children's roles. And official rehearsals started the first weekend after Labor Day in September. And we've been rehearsing since then. And next week, we go into our put-togethers, which means we're starting to take all the separate rehearsals for these different sections of the show and put it together um, before we head into the theater. Inland Pacific Ballet is based in Montclair, and you have several home theaters throughout the Inland Empire. Why are you choosing to bring your production of The Nutcracker to Riverside instead of one of these other home theaters that you have? It started to come down really to logistics. We have to work with contracting with the theaters and all the COVID protocols in place. 
there was a lot more logistics this year and securing that contract for us to be able to then get the dancers rehearsed and there's a lot of elements that take moving a show into the theater and then from theater to theater such as trucking and labor and crew all those elements it was just a different symphony of parts this year and so in order to keep all of the dancers and crew and cast and everyone safe and to deliver a calm clean professional product we felt that doing only one venue this year would enable us to do that. And Fox was very cooperative with helping us figure out testing for both the audience and for the cast and procedures and backstage and social distancing, all these things that we need to keep in mind too. So when it got down to the wire, it really worked out that that was the venue that was going to work this year to bring it back. I'm speaking with Zaylin Kano, executive director and ballet mistress for Inland Pacific Ballet. Like you said, we're still in the process of recovering from a pandemic. And last year, most, if not all, performances of The Nutcracker were canceled, if they were scheduled at all. So we are so grateful to have Nutcracker back this year. But what are some of the other outreaches that you're hoping to do once we are fully back to normal? Uh, I love the word fully back to normal. Um, We are trying for that. I think, you know, this year we've been very also starting out the season trying to just get into the community more. I think one of the things that's been the most pressing on our minds here is obviously keeping the tradition alive. And there's so many elements that go into that, especially with educational outreach, that now a whole generation of students who wouldn't have had exposure for a year and a half due to several of the cancellations taking place Some of them, their only exposure is being brought into one of the school outreach shows at one of the venues and some of the in-classroom activities that we provide along with that. So I think one of our missions is, is to really get out in the community and make sure that students who maybe not have had access to it in the past year and a half get exposed. Because, you know, for instance, it might be the whole fifth grade of one school that always comes every year. And for two seasons, that fifth grade group didn't get to co. Mm. So kind of reaching out to the junior high or the grade level right underneath it. We've been doing outdoor events and drive-through events and trying to get grant money to get into classrooms to do these artists in residency programs where we can actually even teach them the technique and have the experience of dance class. So I think that's one. And I think the other thing is letting our patrons know that we're still here. I think in general, it's been really hard on the whole performing arts community. And so we've kind of, you know, really reached our wings out to other companies here locally and figured out how we can all support each other to just even still be here to offer this arts experience to our community. So I think as things return to normal, our main mission is to keep investing and educating our community in our art form. So it is here for future generations and doesn't get shut down itself. Inland Pacific Ballet's production of The Nutcracker takes place December 11th through the 19th at the Fox Performing Arts Center in Riverside. What do audience members need to know in advance? Yes, because there are some different things this year in place per, you know, the theater regulations and state regulations. So they will need to show proof of vaccination or a PCR test at the door. Fox Theater does have on-site testing available at the door with results ready in 10 to 15 minutes. I think there's also other security measures based on the Festival of Lights going on, such as you may need to have a clear bag to enter the theater. They have them on-site because they will not be doing the normal security checks, so clear bag usage. 
And also we have spaced out seating. It's a large house, so everyone feels comfortable in the environment. And most of all, I think it's going to be a magical moment for everyone to come together and enjoy this beloved family holiday tradition. I feel like a lot of people associate the Nutcracker as being a children's ballet, and it's certainly a family-friendly event, but it's also a great opportunity for date night, whether it's with your significant (laughs) other or maybe even your mom. And I love ballet, but my boyfriend doesn't know anything about ballet. If he were to take me, what are some things that he should pay attention to during the performance so that later, when we're discussing it, he can sound really intelligent and impress me with his knowledge of ballet? What a fantastic question. (laughs) I think if you look for the corps de ballet lines, that is something that's very fascinating to watch for, the precision of the dancers lining up and forming different formations on stage. The pirouettes or turning whether it be in the air, on point, through space, or standing still, and also the rotation or turnout, how they articulate through their feet or through their upper body, their mall of how they use the carving of their back and arms in space, and miming in ballet. And I think in particular Nutcracker, because we all kind of know the story a little bit. Mime, which is very used as a storytelling method, since we can't use word or speech in ballet, he can look for the mime gestures of what Clara is saying to the Nutcracker Prince, what the Nutcracker Prince and the Mouse King mime together during the battle scene, and at the top of Act 2, what the Cavalier Nutcracker Prince Clara I'll say through mime with the Sugar Plum Fairy. I've been speaking to Zaylin Kano, Executive Director and Ballet Mistress for Inland Pacific Ballet. How can we get tickets for the Nutcracker? Yes, uh, you can visit our website, ipballet.org, or you can also go to Fox Theater Live Nation in Riverside, and it will take you straight to the Ticketmaster website. And it is pretty easy to find your seat and come see the spectacular production. Thank you so much for talking with us today. There is a word that dancers say to each other that means good luck. They don't actually use the phrase good luck because they think that is bad luck. But that word that they use is not one that I'm allowed to say on the radio. So please know that the sentiment is there. Fantastic. (laughs) And Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas to you as well, and thank you for having us. We greatly appreciate your support. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.